Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we read Parashat Tetzaveh. Parashat Tetzaveh is a continuation of Parashat Terumah in which Hashem is giving the Jewish people all the details, the architectural details of the construction of the Mishkan, all his, its artifacts. And um, there's an interesting, a very interesting um, a conclusion of the of the of the parasha in which it concludes with the instructions for making the altar of gold on which the incense was uh, burned in the sanctuary and we also had um, an altar of copper so the Rebbe in his Siha he explains that um, the altar of gold and the altar of copper did not require ritual immersion because they could not become impure. So in the altar of gold was, as I said before, where the incense was burned, and the altar of copper was where the animal sacrifices were offered. And so there's a whole discussion here why these two altars didn't become impure after the offerings. And so one uh, explanation comes according to Rabbi Eliezer, and this, has be, this, he says, because they were considered like the earth. Um, as we know, earth cannot, can never become tamay, can never become impure. It always maintains its purity. Doesn't matter if you bury a dead person in the earth, it's always going to maintain itself pure. And the other uh, commentary about this comes from the sages, that they say that the, the reason why this uh, these uh, altars didn't become impure was because the metals that were used for them were only a covering of the of the sheeting wood that was actually the real component of, of the construction of these altars and the and the metal the copper and the gold were only the coverings of this wood and wood also doesn't need to be ritually purified so there's many explanations to every verse in the Torah. There's a, one level is what I'm giving you, and then there's deeper and deeper and deeper levels of understanding of, of a certain verse. Uh, here the Rebbe gives us the sod, gives us the, the mystical aspect of this uh, quandary between these sages. And he says that when God gave um, Moshe the instructions to erect the Mishkan, he said to him, and they shall make me a sanctuary and I will dwell in them. So the wording here is very strange wording. He didn't say make me a sanctuary so I can well dwell in it. It's like don't make me a house so I can dwell in the house. He says make me a house so I can dwell in them, in the people that live in that house. So here, from here we know, we understand that the, that the Jewish soul, really the, the neshama elokit, the godly neshama of a Jew, has a spark of Hashem within it, has a little spark of God within it. So what he means, and this is relevant to us today, as it was relevant to when the edifices were built and what it's meaning for us and it's relevant today is that you don't need a building to have Hashem in the building. Hashem is not relegated to the Mishkan or the Beit HaMikdash or the synagogue or you know or any holy place or the Kotel or any holy place that you go to. 
Hashem is everywhere and He's within you too. He's inside of you. So you also, your body, all your organs, all your bones, all your blood vessels, your eyes, your mouth, your senses, everything that comprises a person is basically, I don't want to say a temple because it would sound for some people like um, a little bit weird, but in a certain way, all our makeup is designed to carry the spark of Hashem within ourselves. So the analogy of this is in the Jewish soul is that there's many facets and capacities in a person. We have intellect, we have emotions, we have a part of ourselves that is, in, is in instinctive, and we have will and we have delight and we have so many parts of us that are pulling to every part to a different place. And it may be that in the course of serving God, there can be an ulterior motive of why you're doing what you're doing. So for example, you're giving tzedakah, but maybe the, the, the internally you want to have a plaque with your name in the building that you're giving tzedakah to. And, and that tarnishes the, 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 the relationship not the relationship with God because Hashem is always there and is always forgiven. He's never going to be upset at us. But it tarnishes the, the, the intention, tarnishes the, the deed. And in a certain way, that's how it would be looking at when you do the offerings in the altars that they get tarnished because you put the animal in there or you put the incense in there and you're offering and you're burning. But at the same time, what the, the, the Rebbe is teaching us is that <clears throat> it doesn't matter what you do and the intention you hold within yourself. There's always a part of you which is compared to that wood, the, the sheeting wood that is in between, that is always going to maintain itself pure. Because you have a godly spark, you have a godly neshama. And the deepest, deepest part of yourself, even if you don't recognize it and you don't feel it, that part of you, which is you, which is really your essence, is the true person you are, wants always to be connected to God. And would always want to do the things according to Hashem's will. So there are amongst Jews men of copper and you have men of gold and these um, the poor in spirit and the rich in spirit and but every Jew however he behaves inwardly or outwardly preserves intact at the heart of his being an essential desire to do God's will you know in the Tanya there's a chapter chapter I think it's 18 and 19 that talks that the essential soul the, the this part of us that I'm talking about is willing to give his life for the name of God, to sanctify Hashem's name. And you can have a Jew that never kept any mitzvah, that he's completely assimilated, that he goes around in the world like every other person. But when he's put to the test, when he's told to go and bow to a cross, he prefers to die. Where does this come from? Where does this come from? And so here the Rebbe says is because there's a part of a Jew, a quintessential part of a Jew that is 100% percent 
connected to Hashem. It never gets disconnected. Maybe it's a little bit uh, doormat, it's a little bit off because the person lives a life of, of a lot of bodily pleasures and, and, and material pursuits. And so this part of him uh, goes to sleep a little bit. But the minute that he's put to the test, the minute this person is put and confronted with his, with his identity, then suddenly this lion comes out and he's willing to give his life for Hashem. So a Jew does not want, nor is he able to be torn away from godliness. It's impossible. And this part is where the altar of the Jew's inner temple is to be found. It's actually the godly soul is in the right side of the brain, that's in the P.O. box of the soul, and the right ventricle of the heart. And the sacrifice is of himself. This, this is why these altars of gold and, and copper are, are the, the, the sacrifice of the animal soul. We're sacrificing our nature, our drives, our, our, our desires for bodily and mundane pleasures, and we're sacrificing for the connection to Hashem. So the point of the law quoted from the Mishnah is this, whether a Jew belongs to the altar of gold or the altar of copper, as long as he reminds himself that essentially he is an altar, that you never forget who you really are, that you have that spark within yourself, that you have a part of you that never wants to be disconnected, that you're willing to sacrifice your life for Hashem, that God forbid we're never put to the test, but if it would happen, we would be willing to give our lives for God, to understand that we have that power within us, that we do have that, that we should always strive to use that power in the service of Hashem. So, so it says here that as long as he reminds himself that essentially he is an altar where the fire of godly love consumes the animal soul, of his self-centered passions, he cannot become impure. A Jew can never become impure, for then he's like the earth. Just as the earth which we tread on, tread on is a symbol of humility, so our soul becomes void of any will except the will of God, as expressed in the Torah. Thus we say in prayer, let my soul be unto all as the dust. And he never said anything which he had not heard from his teachers. This is what it says that Rabbi Eliezer, the son of Hikranos, in the other he could outweigh them all. He was right that the altars could never become impure because they were made out of earth. Yet he would ne never concede that he had any merit himself. And the Talmud tells us that he never said anything which he had not learned from his teachers. So... The, the, the point here is that if we keep ourselves humble, we have to understand that we're humble beings, that we, are, we should never be arrogant. We should never feel that we know it all. And, and we should know, as Rabbi Eliezer taught his students by his self-effacement, that the true ex exercise of intellect comes only with humility and complete openness to Hashem. So humility really is the ultimate uh, character trait that has to be worked on because from the humility comes everything else. And he says, men of gold can become hypnotized by the gold. Like the person is so 
so driven to godliness, so driven to be connected to God, sometimes he can even forget why he should be connected to God. There's a story of the Alter Rebbe that his son used to live in the upper floor of, of this building, and one day he heard the baby crying, his baby crying, and he wouldn't stop crying. So he went up to see what was going on, and he saw that the baby was right next to his son, and the son was learning, 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 learning. And the Rebbe said to him, when a baby cries, a person stops everything he's doing. It doesn't matter. And this is what it's saying. Like a person that is spiritually gold can never forget to be humble. Because if he forgets to be humble, then this gold is really, it's going to hypnotize him and he's going to become hypnotized by it. He's going to lose the, 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 the train. So men of copper can also become over enamored by their own hard-earned resources, but still they maintain the altar of the Jew can never become impure because it is always covered. So the differences between the Jews and their occasional failings are mere surface coverings. When we fail, it's only a covering. It's only a covering, but the inside which is the, the wood, is always pure. It's always humble. And their occasional fail, failings are more surface coverings. What lies behind is always pure and so powerful that eventually the covering must become subsidiary to it. The spark will prevail and the Jew will return to the truth which inwardly he never really lost. So this is the end of Parashat Tetzaveh. It's reminding us what we're really made of. Hashem wants to dwell within us, but to be able to be within us, we have to maintain ourselves humble and to remember that we do have that, that spark within us that is always pure and perfect. When a person remembers this, he can overcome anything. So I wish you a blessed week and remember, live a little higher. Thank you.